0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Pure Ambition podcast. This is episode 84. I'm your host, Dom Fusco, and today we're asking the question, what does it mean to courageously explore the boundaries of human experience? Today, I sat down with Aaron Velke, an entrepreneur, author, speaker, high-performance coach, and CEO of Money Club to discuss how to create your dream life and the action steps it will take to get there. His practical advice will allow you to take any goal, whether it be fitness, business, Relationships, travel, et cetera, all the above, and turn it into reality. Let's dive into it with Aaron and see how we can all amplify our health, wealth, and happiness. Today, I got with me a very special guest. I got my dude, Aaron Velke. Aaron, I'm
1: excited to jump into it with you. Uh, I'm fantastic, and I'm really excited to be here. So if you're tuned in, hang on tight. <laughs> Aaron, if, if you, uh,
0: you obviously can't see that you're listening to this, but Aaron's got a super dope. Um, aesthetic background right there in the mountains And I know you have a history with travel hacking um, over the past couple of years, and you've really been able to create freedom for yourself. So I wanted to just, uh, you know, ask you, tell you, tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. Um, you know, if they find you on social media, they can see that you're, you do a lot of things and, you know, for myself seeing and listening to uh, a lot of your content you've done a lot in the past couple of years. So just giving, uh, giving
1: everybody a little bit of background on, on who you are and what you do. Happily, well, there have been a lot of hats I've worn over the last several years. And what is easy to look at, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, throughout today. What's easy to look at is to say, well, man, you, you've done a whole lot in several years and here they are. And that's only looking backwards while I was building forwards I didn't always know what I was going to be, who I wanted to be, or what I was going to do. So, as a jack of all trades, I have still, ha- I still have a lot to figure out. I have taught people for a lot of years how to use credit to travel the world for free. That was a, a big passion of mine when I first quit my job and didn't have the money to travel. I just had the passion for travel. So, I learned how to do that and have been teaching people to do that. Over the years, I've coached plenty of female athletes. I was a soccer coach for about 12 years. I published a book on that called let her play. I've started a company all based in financial education, because for some reason, we don't learn shit about money over the course of our college, uh, high school, even beyond college, we, we don't learn about it. So I'm working on solving that giant problem. And then I do a lot of coaching, coaching for entrepreneurs, I coach sellers, and I coach side hustlers. And Each of these things probably sound really cool. And I appreciate anybody that's tuned in that's like, yeah, man, that's awesome. Also, it wasn't always this clean. It wasn't always this cool. And it takes a lot of work behind the scenes. I've just been very committed to regular improvement over a long period of time. And you'd be surprised how much you can do in five, 10 years. You can go really, really far if you're committed.
0: So you mentioned quitting
1: your job. Why
0: did you quit your job? What were you doing? And what were the next steps after that?
1: So I was an apartment manager. When I graduated college, I went into property maintenance, which was a very dirty job. But I did that because the the economy at the time was really unfavorable to get a, a quote unquote real job. So I went into a trade and I worked at an apartment complex that later got me into management. At a certain point, I thought that my Career was unfulfilling. I was just unhappy. I wasn't growing. I, like all the things that we normally experience at around uh, 23, 24, 25. So I'm starting to get frustrated. I'm starting to see that the, the like ladder is not at all one I want to climb. In particular, I remember coming into work. Uh, this was in downtown Baltimore, came into work and the vice president, so a couple notches up from me, is in town. He's in the office before me, and he's there for a couple days to be. So he beats me to the office, and I'm like, okay, that's never going to happen again. The next day I come in, he's not there. And about six hours later, he comes walking through the front door, and half of his face is sagging. He had had a stroke that morning, went to the hospital, and came back to work. And I was like, there is no way, no way I'm becoming that person. No way. He came back to work, dude. If I had a stroke at any time, I'm not coming back to work. And that that was just his mentality. And I was like, man, this is. I don't think this is who I want to be. I don't. I don't think I want to be on this track. And I put in six months' notice. It wasn't anywhere close to that time period, but that that certainly set it in motion. But I gave six months' notice and look, I'll I'll train whoever's going to replace me. I'll I'll build whatever systems you need me to build. This system that I built for you is going to last ten years. You're good. I've got to go. And my, my boss at the time, he knew it. Like he, he just, I guess he saw it in me a long time ago. He was like, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna be a rock star. I know you're gonna be fine. Just don't burn me. And there was something inside of me that regularly felt incongruent because I was in a job. I just felt restricted. I felt tight. And the first week after I quit, I partied hard. I like, I really celebrated the second week I panicked, I freaked out. <laughs> like I was so afraid. Uh, like you, you don't, you t- kind of take it for granted. Like your job provides you structure, when to work, when not to work. It provides you with direction, what to work on, what not to work on. It provides you with community, like all these things. And then all of a sudden you take that away and you're like, oh, this is not good. rut row reggie. I'm not sure where to go. And that that question of like, what do I do now is one that you never stop answering as an entrepreneur. So it's been it's been a hell of a ride, but dude, I was just wickedly unhappy, unhappy as hell. And I don't regret a single moment since the day I quit. So you
0: gave in six months notice there, but you partied hard right after. Were you planning what was next for you after those six months were going to be up or were you kind of just like,
1: Going to free flow for a bit. I think this is where a lot of people go wrong. Uh, by the time I made the decision to quit, I had already set up my side hustle and my side side hustle. So I was I was working nine to five, and then five to nine, I was putting in usually like five to midnight. I was putting in a lot of midnight oil. The reason I knew I could quit in six months is that I had enough income to live on. And I had a secondary venture underway. So by that point, I was already, I, I had already exited mentally and emotionally, meaning like I still did my work, but what I had exited was like the need for the job. So most entrepreneurs, they're like, I'm just unhappy. I'm going to quit and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm all for like the build the plane while you're falling mentality. I, I do think that people put a lot of pressure on themselves by doing that. And it's much better to build the side hustle up, even if it's only 50% of your income that you make every month or 20%, but you've got something that you can then grow versus trying to plant a whole garden in the middle of the summer heat.
0: Yeah, and what was the biggest
1: challenge that you faced in that transition? Two, one, when you have a job and you have a position, you are very clear in your role you know, generally speaking, you know what you need to do, what you don't need to do. And you understand almost inherently when you meet somebody, this is who I am. I'm a manager. I'm a maintenance guy, right? Those are the hats that I wore. When you're out of that and you step outside the box, it's really difficult to understand how to answer someone or how to get really clear. the The hardest part about quitting was not having unlimited potential. The hardest part about quitting was that now you have to say no to almost everything. And if you don't know your direction, right? If you don't know you're traveling East, you might walk North, you might walk West. And now you've got to backtrack. So it's really easy to get lost in waste, waste time, waste money, waste energy. Cause you, if you don't have a plan and you've never been an entrepreneur before, so you can not have a plan, you end up trying to have discussions and trying to figure it out. And you flounder and I floundered a lot. And I think looking back, if if there was anything I would do different, it would be to really crystallize as I approach somebody and say, Hey, this is what I do. I would have a really, a much better answer than I did at the time. And
0: I know you were a college athlete as well in your time playing D one soccer would with this transition period. So like from being maintenance guy to, you know, then transitioning out, was there any like kind of correlation between like when you left college? I know like I struggled with this myself was like when I left school, I was a football player, I was a student, and then going out into the real world, that transition of like identity Mm -hmm. can be really tough. So did you feel that once you left school playing soccer, and then again, like define your identity once you left
1: this job as well? Oh, big time. and And I would say this, if, if you're struggling with your identity, you're in the right place. So when I became a maintenance guy, like dude, i'm I'm literally in people's apartment apartments cleaning up their shit. Right? I've just graduated as a d one athlete with a a four year bachelor degree, and i'm i'm back I'm back in it on a college campus, doing a very dirty job. So I I definitely struggled with the identity. I struggled again getting into management because management was shirt and tie. It was very different than maintenance, where I'm in like a jumpsuit hanging out outside. The next transition was management at like a luxury property. The next transition was transition the the like joining the entrepreneur force, the like star force that is entrepreneurship. Then it's been joining groups of wealthy, successful individuals. Like every stage, you have discomfort. And the reason why I think it's so important is that your identity can't change unless it's forced into discomfort. If you keep it the same and you're like, ah, I'm super comfortable. I, I don't want to change it. Your life won't change. And anyone that's going through that really needs to assess the value of that discomfort because that's, what's going to push you into new circumstance, into new money, into new opportunity, into new friends, new fitness, new health, It's all going to come from discomfort. More of us are going to move to avoid pain than we will to seek pleasure. So when you find that pain, you're like, man, my identity is really struggling. That's when you double down. That's when you push the gas. That's when you hit the sprint button. That's when you got to go.
0: I love this. What role did, this is a big health, I love talking about health and fitness and, you know, the role that that plays, um, you know, in entrepreneurship and personal development and personal growth and how that ultimately can help amplify your life, you know, help you yeah. become a better version of you. How did, and you said you were working like nine to five, five to nine. Was that a point in your life? I know we all go through seasons of life where, you know, fitness, nutrition, um, sleep, like like all these other factors aren't always optimized. What was that? period like for you like were you still making time to prioritize your health um did you not and did you feel um you know like your mind your body like everything like kind of start to you know take a take a step backwards I'm, I'm curious to hear uh you know the role that that fitness has played over your journey
1: fitness has been probably the biggest anchor in my life sports fitness in general the the time period between like 2013 and 2015, so like the two years that built up to me quitting a job, I was up every morning at six and ran a couple miles. And my commitment after college, I, I've maybe been a late bloomer, but I've I've always had a really good work ethic and discipline when it comes to fitness. Fitness is non-negotiable. I am not here to have a conversation with myself about whether or not I do it. So even today, I just turned 35, like two months ago, I'm still busting out six minute miles. And that's mostly because I've just maintained it. The period of 13 to 15, right before I leave, I am waking up early and running. I'm probably getting six to seven hours of sleep. The difference was, and I think this is where a lot of uh, mirage and illusion is happening. Is that I just wasn't wasting my other time. Like Mm -hmm. some people are willing to work on four hours of sleep. I can't operate that. And some people are willing to give up health and fitness and I won't operate like that. And what I did better than most of my peers was during focus periods, I was just getting two or three, five X on my time. And by 25 years old, I could do more in a day than most people could do in a week. And now at 35, I can do more in a day than most people can do in two weeks. And that's, that seems almost arrogant, but the conversation is largely more about what's important, what's gonna get you results. And if your values are not displayed in your behavior, you are wildly out of alignment. And health and fitness has always been a big anchor for, uh, for me to be high productive. And for me to feel like I can run all day, right? I'm, I'm in a game of sprinters. And if I'm not in shape, you are going to see me fail. So I love that maximizing time,
0: not wasting any time available and, or that you have available and just getting up and making that a non-negotiable, like fitness, make it a non-negotiable. You're waking up, you're running a few miles. Like it sounds easy enough, but I know it's it's harder. It's easier to do it for one day, but it's harder to keep doing that sustainably. How are you able to maximize your time and stay consistent with these habits that you built that have led you on this path of progress?
1: So the answer is simple. The answer is not easy. What I did is I started tracking various different metrics that kept me accountable to what I was doing. So this happens a lot, right? We set a goal and instead of uh, achieving the goal and persisting on, we stop. This happens with new year's resolutions too. We set a goal. And when we fail, we stop. So more of the problem exists in how we set goals. And somewhere along this line, I reframed everything away from setting goals and towards setting processes. So all of this is really simple. It's just hard to do. So I started tracking the number of miles that I ran every year in about 2014. So every time I would run, I'd add to my tally. And what happens when you start tracking is you start paying attention. When you start paying attention, you start putting intention. And when you start putting intention, you get outcomes. So that whole loop really started with, okay, I'm going to track my miles. I'm going to track the number of times I go to the gym by just tracking those two things and me wanting to tally them. I start seeing that I'm running more and I'm lifting more and I never had an issue. I was always really good with food and intake and I've got an awesome metabolism. So I've been very lucky genetically, but I knew that if I tracked those two things, I could get what I wanted, right? I would ultimately get where I wanted regardless. And that whole philosophy is big in my coaching. It's also big in the way I live my life. The things that I track now are the things I want more of. And rather than fixate on like, I'm gonna hit this achievement and celebrate. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm gonna master the process. So if you're listening and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm not getting the result that I want. The question that I ask is, what's the result I want? And what are the things that if I do them regularly, get me that result? So if I want more money and I'm in a sales position, that might be, okay, the thing I need to do regularly are cold calls. Track your cold calls. I want to be in really good shape. Okay, that's the result you want. The input is go to the gym or run, maybe both. If it's, I want to meet a really awesome partner, cool. Can I go on dates and have a very candid, open conversation about what I want? There's always ways to backtrack. But when you start to measure that, you end up focusing on the thing that gets you the outcome rather than the outcome. And and that whole reframe has kept me in line. My tracking system is bonkers, but it's kept me in line for like more than a decade. And if I look at my peers, they wanted to hit the outcomes. They wanted the achievement, the trophy that said, Hey, I did this. I don't give a shit about that. What I care about is, can I do this forever? And that, that includes injuries. I'm injured right now, but I'm still gonna keep tracking my miles. The, the number might not go up, but I still track. And when you fixate on a process, you naturally build a habit. You naturally change your identity. And as a result, when you change those things, it's it's infinite. And I'm a believer that playing the infinite game is the game that I want to play forever, right? That seems circular logic, and that is. I want to play the infinite game forever, so I will do the things that the infinite game requires.
0: So talking about tracking and the process, and I think that's why it is so crucial for any Aspiring high achiever, any aspiring entrepreneur, anybody who wants to start anything and do something like you know uncommon in this world, do something great. That you need to be doing some sort of fitness, like you fitness needs to be part of your life in some way, shape, or form. Because you being uh, a former athlete, myself being a former athlete, is like it wasn't just we showed up on game day. And we won, right? You know, like I never won a conference title. I don't know if you ever won a conference title, but like that was always the goal. The goal was always to like win the conference title, but that didn't start on August 11th when we showed up for camp. That started, you know, November, you know, 20th, like the day the day the season ended. It was the whole process of you no, know, okay, 12. We have 12 months, or we have nine months, you know, eight months, or whatever to work on that, right? And there's okay. there's a time table right there. that's the one thing that I realized in my last year playing college football was, Oh, time is scarce. Like you have, you're trying to accomplish this goal and you have this window, this little box to seize this opportunity. And like three years go by and I had, I lost a year because I tore my ACL and mm-hmm. then I had my senior year canceled because of COVID. So I took a gap semester, came back and I was like, okay. Now I got eight months to train to be like the best possible player that I can be. Priority shift and all the other things that are, you see are seemingly important. They get moved like the Eisenhower matrix. It's like yep. important, urgent, whatever. Get, the box gets moved. So your focus, your priority shift and your focus is, my focus was solely become the best athlete, um, best leader, you know, person I could be. Do you think that you know, having goals is great, but do you think having goals like set within like a certain time frame is important? Like you know, I'm a health and fitness coach too, and rather than people are like, "Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds," or like, "I want to, I want to lose weight," it's like, okay, well, can we lose? Let's lose, focus on losing 10 pounds in the next two months. So then you have like a clear date in mind. So do you operate? Like that personally, and then also with your clients in terms of like goal setting, uh, prioritization, like within like a certain time frame.
1: It's a great question, Dom. You know the 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 binding of time creates pressure. So it very much depends on the player that we're putting pressure on. Whether that player is a executive for a Fortune five hundred company or that player is like a five year old kid. Uh, I th- I do believe that the process as a formula is much more sustainable to getting regular results. However, it is important to have a bit of a target, right? A mission that you're working towards. So both can work very well together. If you only have one, so you, let's say you just uh, just wanna run a bunch of miles and you say, I wanna run 300 miles. Well, the question is in how long, right? Is that over the, the entire lifespan that you have? Cause that's like a mile a month, or is that over, In a month, what is your boundary? If you create that and then build your process, you're going to end up in a much more powerful place. I do think that having an objective, a mission is really important to any kind of success. And that doesn't have to be super quantifiable, it almost can exist in a nebulous undefined way if you do it correctly so you might say you know my mission is to impact the lives of ten thousand people or my mission is to impact the lives of everyone i meet both of those summon the best out of you and there's a there's an energy that happens when we commit to something even if we don't know the way even if we don't know the answer or we don't know if we can do it when we're like look If there is a mountain, I will move it. If there is water, I will part it. It doesn't matter what is in my way. I'm getting to that outcome. We end up as a very powerful person figuring out that we're powerful. We often don't know it. I didn't know it. And having that bit of pressure on the backside can be a really good motivator for someone to find their own personal power. And once you discover that, you'd be surprised at what you can create. That that moment for all of us, we've... I've seen it in a lot of different people, a lot of different ways. That moment is the beginning of a very new life for somebody. I love that.
0: I want to ask real quick too, is, you know, and I'm, I'm asking this selfishly. I'm like, I told you I'm 23. I'm in, I'm in this, I have a lot of different things going on. A lot of my play to work in the startup field. Um, I help the fitness coach, do the podcast, a bunch of things. And I know there are a bunch of other people out there who are like me and Maybe they're, you know, they're, maybe they don't do as many things, but, you know, their, their days are still stretched in terms of, you know, they have to wake up, they have to drive 45 minutes to work. They have to, you know, sit at their desks for, you know, nine, 10 hours a day, drive back home, go to the gym. Um, and Maybe that's, maybe that's fine. Maybe that's the lifestyle they want, or maybe they're trying to get out of that. You talked a lot about keep how you've been able to keep fitness and your health at the forefront getting enough sleep, not sacrificing and have, obviously there's going to be those nights, but not having like every night be like a four hour uh, of sleep type of night. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, only sustainable for so long. What are a few of the habits that you've been able to maximize time and productivity and not sacrifice, you know, health and sanity?
1: Mm. Everything that you do and accomplish happens through people. One of the best things I did early on is kept immaculate touch points with people that I met. And that might be notes, that might be asking, that might be following up, but that as a habit unlocked a lot of doors. I wasn't just the guy that sat down for coffee and said, hey, can I I ask you a bunch of questions about your career? You've been really successful. I was the guy that met followed up in a week and said, Hey, I really appreciate your time. Here are the three things from our conversation that I'm going to do. I'm going to follow up with you in 90 days, like immaculately. And that opened a lot of doors for someone to be like, wow, this, this kid is serious. This kid is definitely serious. And it, it only took 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right? It was just intentionality. I think the other habit When you're inside hustle mode, whether it's, I want to exit this or I want to do more in this, either one, when you're inside hustle mode, we usually, we default to our do more in more time. And that practice is unsustainable. It's wildly unsustainable. The habit to get in is to say, how can I do this in twice the time today? So I can do it in half the time, the rest of the days. How can I set up a system? How can I set up a process? Can I hire for this? Can I delegate this? Can I hire a VA? Whatever it may be. Can I get a friend to help me with this who's much better at me than I am? Those questions and that as a habit has radically transformed most of my life. I'd say the third, and this is what I struggle with still, is undeniably and with zero remorse saying no. You have to say no. And if that's like no to dating, no to Netflix, no to fantasy football, then it's got to go. We tend to make assessments on decisions based on pleasure and like enjoyment and fitting in. And one of the best reminders that I can issue to anybody tuned in is that if you want a life that's different, you will not fit in by default. And if you constantly are moving towards, I'm going to fit in, I'm going to fit in, I'm going to fit in your time is slowly going to like spin out of your hourglass for when you can actually get ahead. What put me leagues ahead of people was not what I do now. It's what I did 10 years ago. It's what I did five years ago. And you know, that distance that if if someone's running a six minute mile and a seven minute mile, you can't really see if you were in a helicopter, you you can't, you can still see them both in the first mile, right? The person's just a minute ahead, but by mile 10, That's a lot of minutes. You'd have to look very different directions to see both people. You go 50 miles, a hundred miles. That gap is crazy, right? Same thing. If, if a plane leaves LAX flying to New York city and diverts their path by just two degrees, it's going to end up in Miami. We're talking about a wild difference in the long run. And most people play the short game. So the habit of really understanding what am I clear on? If I want a life that's different, will I do things that are different? That question can put you miles, miles ahead. And like fitness, entrepreneurship is a game that has to play long. You do not get a result in four hours. You don't get a result in four weeks. You might not even get a result in four months. And the same is true with fitness, right? If you want to improve your mile time or get a six pack or be able to bench press 400 pounds, You're not going to have that tomorrow. You can't eBay that. You can't buy it on bezos.com. You can't do it. You can't skip steps. And most of the individuals that I coach are primed to be incredible. They're ready to be incredible. What that means is they have to say no to anything that's not. And that decision power is really easy to let slip through your fingers. It's really easy to ignore And when you know what you want, if you if you're listening, you're like, dude, I want to get somewhere fast. Find someone that has done it. Find someone that's doing it, and pay them for their time, dinner, coffee, coaching, mentorship, whatever. Pay them for it, so you can go faster. That that alone is like saying no to all the bullshit that you might normally find yourself in, and saying yes to the thing you want. Because where you put your money, you'll follow. And I I think. The thing that frustrates me the most about people is they're like, I want something different and they're not willing to do it. They're not willing to say no to fantasy football in order to make another 10 grand a year. And I'm like, dude, it's a simple trade-off. You can play all the fantasy football you want in five years. Let me show you how to make a hundred grand. Let me show you how to make 500 grand. Let's go, let's go. And they're like, no, but I really like this. And it's uncomfortable, but it's a decision process you have to go through
0: yeah I love how you just mentioned their discomfort as well, too. and if you want if you want to make that extra you know ten grand a year, ten grand a month, like whatever it is you have to be willing to uh, sacrifice. You know, you know you have to be willing to invest in yourself and say no to other people. So what I'm curious, what what were some things that you had to say no to um you know, along your path to get to where you're currently at and where you're continuing to go?
1: I said no to a lot of extracurriculars. So I said no to a lot of partying. I said no to a lot of weekend trips. My when i when I first quit my job, I was coaching soccer in the evenings and the weekends. And then during the week, I was building the other business, which is now called Money club. and And I was starting to coach entrepreneurs, which is now the business called Get out of Your own way. So like all these things, I was planting seeds. But in order to fund that and know that I could take risk without anything happening, if the business didn't generate any money, I knew I was okay. That was coaching, which meant my nights and my weekends. So Monday, I coached two teams. Tuesday, coached two teams. Thursday, Friday, coached two teams. Saturday had two games. Sunday had two games. Like not many people would be willing to give up those things. And I knew that that time would come back. I knew it had a long run that was different than a short run. So that was one. The other thing I gave up, you know, I spent a lot of time learning things that made me feel like an outcast and made me feel like an outsider, right? I was going and having conversations with people that were 75 years old while my friends were like chasing women and wildly different conversations. I'm asking about business and life and happiness and, travel and experiences. And they're just trying to flirt. And that was another separator is I was giving up these like, um, more, more playful experiences. The next thing I was giving up and probably the the biggest one is I was giving up capital. So I was putting all my money back into me. I remember writing a check. Uh, I joined a mastermind group. It was the first time I'd ever done personal development, Paid five grand to have a year long coach and be a part of this program. And it was it was more than I could do. It was like two years into entrepreneurship, there was no way I could afford it. And I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. So I wrote a thousand dollar check and promised the rest over increments. And five grand would have taken me on a lot of vacations, would have taken me a lot of cool places. And the thing I had to say no to regularly was, I'm going to pay other people or I'm going to pay for other things, other joys. Like I didn't have the coolest cell phone. didn't have the coolest gear. I'm just going to commit to me. And over the course of three years, I probably sunk in my income started to like hockey stick after that. And to a, a, a point where now I probably spend anywhere between 15 and 50 grand a year on me learning coaching growing experiences that are designed to teach me more and that means I'm saying no to something right so you can say no a lot with your capital if you start building a business start building a life like i've i'm i'm grateful that i can say this i built a life not just a business
0: so what were one two one to two things uh keep it very simple you know we talk about habits keeping it simple What are one to two two things that people can do if they're on this beginning of this personal development journey um, to strengthen, you know, their mindset um, to ultimately take
1: them to where they want to go? Simple thing that you can do is turn your car time into education time. Put on an audio book, put on a podcast, put on something that is designed to reprogram the way you think. The the way that you do that has to be like this. We love to confirm our beliefs and we love to confirm that we're right. It has to be from wildly different perspectives. So drowning yourself in new ideas, new education via audio, if you're in the car a lot, if you run a lot, if you bike a lot is to convert that time. That's a great habit to start. It's easy. $15 a month will solve your problem. If even... You can probably do a lot of it for free. That's one. The second is if you're ambitious and you're feeling like you are in a position to grow, you just haven't found the right soil, is to send one email a day to someone that you respect. And that could be you see them on Instagram, you see them online, you look on their their website, you find their book, it does not matter. Send an email, you may not get an answer. But find their email because everyone has an email, find their Twitter, find their IG account and send them a note and say, Hey, can I pick your brain for 15 minutes? I've, I've studied you. I know what you're up to. And I just want to see if you have any pieces of advice for someone ambitious that would like to follow in your footsteps. You do that once a day. So over a year, you have 365 contact points you've made. Let's say 10% answer of 35 people, 35 very successful people you've talked to, you will have advice that lasts you 50 years. And you may develop some friendships. You may find a coach. You may find a mentor. You may find an investor. Who knows? But you've got to start with that. And those two things will open a lot of doors for most people. I love that, man. That is phenomenal advice.
0: And I I couldn't agree more. Like, literally, the way that you build connections and relationships is... You just show interest and you have, they're not going to come to you. You got to put yourself out there. And I will say too, like voice DMs and video DMs go a long, long way. Um, yes. So I would definitely, I just, I don't know how if you've uh, had experience with that, but people, people definitely like them and, and shows that you actually care. You're not, co- you can't copy and paste a voice memo to somebody.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. The, the small details matter when you make personal outreach. So, uh, Tom, I think that's a great idea. Awesome, man. Well, this has
0: been phenomenal, Aaron. I just got two more quick questions for you and then you can tell everybody where they can go find more of your content. Um, and some of the resources that you have available to people. The first thing is a quick three. So just three quick questions, get to know another side of Aaron the more, more human side of Aaron. So, Number one is I know you're a big traveler. What is the what is your favorite place that you've traveled in the past year?
1: Mm, past year, dang, have I traveled much in the last year? Uh, let's see, it's October last year. Uh, I went to the British Virgin Islands. Amazing down there. Uh, it was also like the first travel I'd done in a while since COVID. So, British Virgin Islands. What's one? Crazy
0: fitness or wellness goal that you've always had or thought of that you
1: would pursue that you want to
0: pursue someday.
1: Definitely want to do an Ironman, uh, and I have long thought about an ultra marathon, which terrifies me. <laughs> it's totally terrifying, uh, but I have thought about it.
0: And I don't know how I don't know how uh, well versed you are with uh, music or um, you know instruments or anything like that. But if you could play one instrument what would that be and why?
1: Mm, so I played the trumpet when I was younger, uh, but I would pick up alto sax. For some reason, I just, I love the way the alto saxophone sounds. It's got this like gritty character to it. And I don't know, I, I I would probably just say something and then make a small sound, like three or four notes to make what I just said way cooler. That's the only reason I would play it. So it's not really a a reasonable purpose to buying or learning the Alto sacks, but that is 100% something I would do.
0: I love that. And I'm actually going to throw in a bonus question here too, because just because we kind of ended on that was what is one podcast or book, audio book that has been instrumental for you in your personal growth that you'd recommend to anybody listening?
1: Man, uh, there's a couple that I'll, I'll ramble off really fast. On the topic of no, the book Essentialism is key. For anybody that wants to build more for their life, The War of Art is a must-read. It's all about resistance. Uh, I think anyone that wants to really practice and change their money habits, there's a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a great place to start. And then for anyone that needs maybe a bit of reminder as to what is important in their life, a book called When Breath Becomes Air always stands out.
0: I love that, man. Beautiful. Always looking for new reads, new listens and things like that. So I appreciate that. My last question for you, Aaron, is this is the Pure Ambition podcast. What does the word ambition mean to you when you hear it?
1: And how does that apply to your daily life? Phenomenal question, Dom. I think ambition is often mistaken as like lust for something you don't have. Mm. To me, ambition is a deep sense of pride in who we think we can become. And ambition is this unending and undying journey of becoming the best of us. I'm ambitious because I I know I'm capable of more. And that's more impact. That's more leadership. That's more communication. That's more love. And that installed really critically into my, my day-to-day and some of the processes that I track. I believe I'm capable of more and therefore I invest in me. And ambition and ambitious individuals, can, they can do so much to better the world. Like good things can happen when you become more. And I've spent a lot of time making me a growing plant. And I think anyone that's ambitious can, can really reframe everything to like, I want more, I want more, I want more. Like, no, no, I, I want to become more. And you can water your, your plants. You can put better soil in the plant. You can change the air around the plant. You can change the people around the plant and you will suddenly start to see the fruits of that labor and see your ambitious come to life, ambitiousness come to life. And When ambition is done correctly, it has a very positive ripple in the world.
0: That was phenomenal, man. I love that. Appreciate that. Dude, this has been a ton of fun, a lot of takeaways. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I've taken away from this conversation is commit to the process and continue to measure and track the things that you do on a daily basis in order to get to where you want to go. And, you know, for me, like I'm going to go forward and I'm going to focus less on, you know, where I need to get to, but what more so on like what I need to do on, on a day-to-day basis in order to get there. So I appreciate your insight. Lastly, where can people find you? I know you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a coach. You got a ton of different things. Um, where can people go to check out more of your stuff?
1: My name is different enough to make it very easy go to aaronvelke.com so that's a-a-r-o-n v as in victory e-l-k-y.com you can use the same thing on instagram on facebook on twitter on linkedin send me a message like we talked about before you can get everyone's email everyone's contact info send me a message if you need help again i coach entrepreneurs i coach side hustlers and i coach sellers And then I've got plenty of other supports for companies and things of that nature. But I, Dom, you've done such a great job of of asking questions. And if you're tuned into a podcast like this, double down and listen to the next episode, listen to the past episodes, download it, save it. I I know that uh, Dom will need all the support and love he can get because he's doing a great job here. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I appreciate your time. And I'm looking
0: forward to seeing all that you do in the future.
1: Thanks, brother.